Welcome to the New England Taking WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out nhtalkradio.com to get all the podcast versions of the show, as well as links directly to the podcast feeds. You can also search for us on search for the New England Take on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, the whole nine yards. So be sure to do that, including last week's interviews with uh, continuing the series with the New Hampshire Insurance Department, as well as graphic designer and brand expert Sarah so- uh, Rachel Sotax. It's a super interesting conversation. So this segment, I am joined by Melissa Grenier of the Alzheimer's Association. She's a New Hampshire uh, regional manager for, for that group. How's it going? I'm great. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. Or this after- Afternoon now, and this will air in the evening. Time is an illusion in radio. <laughs> All right, so so to start off with, before we dive into what your organization does, it's, you're specifically on here to promote an upcoming conference. It's the New England Family Conference. It's going to take place March 4th to the 5th, and you can learn more about it at alzfamilyconference.org. Can you talk a bit about uh, what that is about? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, allowing us to talk about the conference. This is the second year that we're doing it. Um, everything will be virtual. It's completely free. And we call it the family conference because we don't want to leave anybody out. Um, everybody um, at some point, if not right now, will be impacted by, you know, having memory loss or caring for someone with memory loss. And so we ch- we've chosen to have a two day conference so that we can really focus on Friday, March 4th as being specifically for people living with memory loss. So that's what is dedicated to Friday. And then on Saturday, we have Um, four different sessions that are dedicated to caregivers. And last year we had 600 people register. Um, Most of them attended. Um, And so we're really looking forward to having this conference again this year to, um, you know, meet the needs um, that we've seen people have during the pandemic. What specific things will you be diving into that uh, they can expect when they arrive? I love that question because we've got some great speakers and we've got some great sessions. So the two things that I've heard uh, people are most um, excited to hear hear about or hear from are uh, the two panels that we have. We have on Friday, we have a panel of people actually with Alzheimer's disease and they're young um, and they've got various challenges. And so they're going to be talking about how they live their best life, uh, but how they do it living with a form of memory loss. And morning, we have uh, a caregiver panel that is similar in terms of, you know, the fact that they're impacted in a different way by Alzheimer's, but they're going to talk about how they care for their loved one while still taking care of themselves. It, it seems, I could be totally wrong with this, but it seems like there's been a real, like... Um focus on the the families that are involved with things like this, whether it's mental health issues, whether it's addiction, uh, something like this, where it, it's a very prominent disease in, in people. Uh, is, is this a revival, like a, a real recent thing that's uh, really come to, to focus, or has it always been this way? I think that there is definitely an increased focus on caring for caregivers of any any kind of or um, or any situation because the a lot of times the responsibility of care for that person falls on family members or informal supports and um, what we've seen in research especially with Alzheimer's disease is that folks who are caregiving often have an increased risk of their own chronic illness and even dying before their loved 
loved one. And it's, it's also a, a burden on our healthcare system, on the costs associated with caring for those additional situations. So we really want to help support caregivers to take care of, we, we want them to take as best care of themselves as possible so that they can be around to that they can for someone with Alzheimer's or someone with another chronic illness. Yeah. You can't, it, you really can't be taking care of other people if you haven't taken care of yourself at all. It's, you're going to burn out, you're going to get sick. There's an enormous addiction problem in this country that's partially fueled by our uh, very uh, unique healthcare system, which has some amazing aspects to it and some really, really unfortunate aspects to it. And it's, it's very important. I'm glad to see this conference is putting a focus on that. Yeah, thank you. And uh, it is it, it seems very easy to say, like, take care yeah. of yourself and and um, and cliche to say, you know, put your oxygen before your loved one kind of a thing. Right. Take care of yourself first. Um, but what we really do is is focus equally on caregivers and family members so that um, they get the breaks that they need or we call it respite. Um, and in order to be able to do that, we need support from, say, local legislators, funding from different programs through the state or other nonprofits in addition to ourselves. So we, we work really close with those entities to make it as robust uh, a caregiver support system in New Hampshire as we possibly can. So it's alzfamilyconference.org for anyone that wants to learn more about it. It's going to be March 4th and 5th and online, so there's no excuse. Check it out if, if you know – uh, if you have any interest in this whatsoever, if you have a family member that's uh, suffering from Alzheimer's, if it is in your family and extended family, maybe it's a time for you to learn a bit more and uh, understand the situation. So I, I wanted to – what I like about my show is I get full 20 minutes with people. So we can actually dive a little more into than just promoting your event. So, I mean, what is the Alzheimer's yeah. Association? So love that question too. Um so the Alzheimer's Association is the largest private nonprofit healthcare organization dedicated to Alzheimer's disease um, in the world. And so we focus on, on not, um, we, we have three pillars, let's just say, let me back up. So we have care, cause, and cure. So the care is taking care of the people living with the disease and their family members and caregivers. The cause is spreading awareness, not only just about the fact that the Alzheimer's Association exists, but what is Alzheimer's disease and what are other types of dementia? And the cure part of things is that we need to, you spoke before about a revival, we need to increase the awareness about the research and the funding required for research um, to, to make a bigger impact in the medical community in terms of you know adequate treatments for people living with, me with memory loss of all kinds. And, um, and hopefully one day, um, you know, a cure for this disease. And so those care caused pillars of what we do really, um, focus on all aspects, we believe, um, in terms of creating one day a world without Alzheimer's. So what is Alzheimer's? I mean, people always hear the word. They, they hear it associated with older people primarily. It, it can happen to people at various stages of life, unfortunately, it's primarily for, for those old, later on in life. But okay. what is the disease and uh, when does it tend to hit people? So Alzheimer's disease is different from dementia. So dementia in of itself is kind of a category of diseases and Alzheimer's is just one type of dementia. It would be like if I said my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, that's just one type of lots of different types of 
answer. So if it calls us and they say, I need resources. I just got diagnosed or my loved one got diagnosed. We'll say, okay, well, what type of dementia did you get diagnosed with? And most of the time people will say Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's disease does account for 60 to 70% of all dementias that get diagnosed. So it is super common. Um, and, and then we work with them from there. So Alzheimer's disease specifically is a degenerative is a progressive degenerative brain disease. So what that means is progressive means that it slowly gets worse over time and that um, there's something happening in the brain that is causing brain cell death. And so when we lose, um, you know, when we're around pollution or there's certain things, or if, if someone was a, a past smoker and, you know, we're killing, if you we're killing some brain cells by maybe doing some things or being exposed to things that we wouldn't want, you know, that's one thing we can't get cells back, right? We can't get brain cells back. And so with Alzheimer's disease, something triggers in the brain that causes a buildup of two specific substances called beta amyloid and tau. Those are the plaques and tangles that we uh, some folks may have heard of associated with Alzheimer's disease. So that kind of brain gunk, if you will, builds up inside brain cells and in between brain cells and causes those brain cells to die. And so over months and years and a decade or more, um, what you see on the outside is functional loss, meaning someone can't tie their shoes anymore, pay their bills, manage their home, you know, their medications, things like that. Um, but on the inside, there's actual brain matter that's being lost. And so even just knowing that, I think, can be a real eye-opener to caregivers and plenty of other people as well. Because I think, you know, if, if you're at um, the grocery store, you're at church and you bump into somebody and you know they have some memory loss, it's easy to assume that they're just giving you a hard time <laughs> um or or old people don't give hard times come on well, the easiest population about, talk. Right? <laughs> um but no it, you know it's actual biological changes that are happening in the brain yeah. so i think that's really important for for your viewers and listeners to know <laughs> when when does it tend to onset primarily and is it genetic or is it environmental so most, the vast majority of people who will develop Alzheimer's disease will develop it over the age of 65. But we, a growing number of people under the age of 65 developing what we call young onset Alzheimer's. And the youngest person I've worked with is 41 years old. Wow. So we're talking about people who have young families who are the beginning or middle of their careers, you know, and, and. Um, the disease is devastating no matter what age you get it, uh, but there's just some different factors that go into having Alzheimer's disease when you're still working, when, again, when you have, you know, school age, teenage, college age kids that you're still responsible for. Um, so that that is something, it is not... Um, super common, but we are noticing a greater number of people being diagnosed with young onset. And I think, frankly, that's probably because we've become better at diagnosing people with brain imaging and, um, you know, the diagnostic tools that we have now, we're not, you know, they've come so, so far in the past 15 to 20 years. So I don't know that it's, it's the number of people uh, under the age of 65 that um, are actually developing it more i think we're just better at you know and more in tune with that and question about whether it is genetic there is a genetic component to alzheimer's disease um but there's still so much that we don't know you know there are 
genes related to Alzheimer's disease. And if someone were to decide that they want to participate in a clinical research trial, they can get genetic testing. But genetic testing for Alzheimer's, unfortunately, right now is just not open and available and covered by people's insurance um, for the general public right now. And so if someone has a strong family, then that would probably promote, you know, help them, um, you know, participate in a clinical trial or maybe even allow for their doctor to, you know, um, make an accept right in order for them to get genetic testing. But um, and when you mentioned environmental factors, uh, we focus a lot on lifestyle choices in terms of preventing, um, you know, the possibility of dementia in the future. But there's a lot of research right now going on about um, air quality and the and increased risk of dementia and lots of other environmental factors. So I think we're going to see a lot more about that in the in the near future. Yeah, it's similar to a lot of other neurological diseases where and just um, syndromes in general where. Uh, we saw a very similar thing where we had the uh, vaccination freak out back in the, the 90s with regards to autism. It's like A plus B does not always equal C, so it's really hard, and it, it takes a long time to really track down what honestly causes something like this, especially with with Alzheimer's where it takes a lot of time for you to get to the point where it's, it's yeah. really symptomatic and you tell what's, what's going on. Um, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. So what's it looking like for, for treatments at this point? Like what it, what's on the market now? And I'd imagine there's a lot of research going on with uh, possibilities for things down the road. Yeah, we're very lucky in New England. We're at the epicenter of some really amazing research, especially, you know, we're right outside of Boston. Boston is really one of um, one of many Um, worldwide sort of meccas for research. And so right now, uh, the Alzheimer's Association, we focus on a couple of different interventions and treatments, if you will, for working with people with memory loss. Certainly there are the pharmaceutical ones and there are the non-pharmaceutical ones, you know, making that person's environment more, improving our communication with that person, helping them manage um, their memory loss so that they're as successful as as they can be, right? Um, I just lost my train of thought. So I always, when that happens, I always say I work for the right place. So, um, <laughs> so um, I can't remember where I was, where else I was. Oh, the pharma. I got so excited about the non-pharmaceutical <laughs> treatments there. Um, what, what actually um, is, is great um, that I'm talking to you right now is that last June, um, there was a brand new disease modifying treatment called called Aduhelm that was uh, approved by the FDA and came to market. Um, I will say, having said that, that it's it's pretty expensive and it's not uh, generally available yet to the masses, so to speak. And it is not a tablet or an oral medication. It's a medication you have to go to a medical center. Um, it's an infusion medication. Um, but there have been very good results. There's ongoing research. Um, after the FDIT, they did request additional research to happen. So there will be more research to come. But the reason why we say that it's a disease modifying treatment is because we're not just working with brain cells that are being damaged by those plaques and tangles, you know, impacting brain cells and before they get damaged. Mm-hmm. So the, the mechanism in Adihelm is that 
the plaques that are floating around, you know, the gunk, right? I like to call it the brain gunk that's floating around in between brain cells. Aduhelm actually helps dissolve that before it sticks to brain cells and causes brain cell death. So that's why we call it a disease modifying treatment versus other treatments that were more um, symptomat helping with symptoms. Um, the ones that have been available up until this past June. What sorts of resources uh, there are have there? Been oh, medication no, no, go ahead. What sorts of resources are out there for family members that want assistance with learning about all this, uh, getting assistance with caretaking and uh, finding resources? So the Alzheimer's Association, what I would say is that if anyone has any questions about brain health or memory loss, or they're a student and they have a project they're working on, I mean, we get calls for everything. The best way to reach us is our helpline. And um, the number for that, is it okay if I... Yes, please do. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, our, our 24-7 helpline is 1-800-272-3900. And that's where people can find out more, uh, get more disease-related information and education. They can find out what virtual education programs or trainings we have coming up. And we've got a great variety of them, including trainings for healthcare professionals, Personally, in New Hampshire, I do the law enforcement and first responder trainings so that our law, our law enforcement officers and our first responders, who, by the way, are incredibly strained during the pandemic and working a lot with older, um, so that they know how to interact with people in a better manner with memory loss. Um, but we also offer support groups. We offer in-depth consultations for an individual or a family so that we can work on what is specific, what is the or the multiple specific needs of that family. Because what we like to say, or not like to say, is that if you've met one person with Alzheimer's, you've met one person with Alzheimer's. And just like with a lot of other chronic illnesses, it doesn't it doesn't just take one path with with folks. So you know we like to offer. Oh, and by the way, all of our programs and services are off to family members in the community. Uh, right now, everything is available virtually. Um, and hopefully in the near future, when COVID cases go down, we'll be back out in the community and we can interface with our constituents and um, just spread awareness. Melissa Grenier of the Alzheimer's Association. She's a New Hampshire Regional Manager. Thank you so much for joining me today. And anyone that really wants to dive into it for a couple days, I mean, check out the New England Family Conference that they're going to be hosting on March 4th and 5th. It's a two-day virtual conference for people living with Alzheimer's and their families. It's, I assume it would also be useful for medical professionals who just want to know in general how to support those people that are in those situations. And you can learn more about it at alzfamilyconference.org. That's alzfamilyconference.org. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you. You're listening to New England Taken WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and now 101.9 FM Manchester. Very excited to be broadcasting down there now. And check out nhtalkradio.com to get the show on demand. Check out our live stream and all the rest of our great programs that's going on over there. You're listening to New England Take. I'm your host, AJ Kirsten. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> 